love you so much, Lord. We're just overwhelmed this morning by how much you love us, by the absolute honor and privilege of being able to love you back, to stand in awe of who you are, your presence, to join with the angels and all the saints in singing hallelujah to our Savior, to our King, and to our Lord, who is beyond description. He's too marvelous for words. Lord, all we can sing is hallelujah. We just want to honor you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We're so grateful for who you are in our lives. We're so grateful that you came. We're so grateful that you died. We're so grateful that you rose again. We're so grateful that you're now seated at the right hand of God, not as Jesus, but as the Son of Man. Ever interceding on our behalf, we're so grateful that you sent Holy Spirit that would empower and enable us to be like you. And we're so incredibly overwhelmed, Lord, with this beautiful mission and mandate and opportunity to shine and to be your hands and feet on this earth. And so we say thank you this morning. Thank you so much, Lord, for the, what a gift. What an absolute amazing gift that you gave us to do even the things that you did and even greater things. Lord, our hearts long and yearn to fulfill this mission and mandate. Will you help us, Holy Spirit, we pray, in these last days, to do that which you've called us to do, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Beautiful people of God. Isn't that awesome? I just love the, the presence of the Lord, how He just overwhelms us. Um, I just asked um, Jane to, to sing that song at the end, hallelujah, because... Uh, I think I grew up on that song. And it always brings a presence for the Lord. I want to encourage you today that there isn't some formula to get into His presence. But as you find that path in your own life, continue to walk that path and do the way God leads you. That song always takes me in His presence. I'm so touched this morning, overwhelmed by the incredible, lavish generosity of God that He would want to share His glory, that He'd want to share with us just the privilege of having Holy Spirit within us, of having Holy Spirit lead us, guide us, of Holy Spirit enabling us to do signs, wonders, and miracles. And uh, we as a church have just been embarking on a journey. I'd love a tissue, sorry, if somebody can find me one. Um, thank you, Luki. We've just been embarking on a journey of, of uh, Holy Spirit, knowing Holy Spirit, just understanding Holy Spirit. If you haven't, um, tuning in. Uh, tuning in. If, you, if you're listening for the first time online, then uh, 
Uh, hopefully you are tuning in to the Spirit. Um, it'd be good for you to go back and to listen to some of the, of the Facebook um, online services. And also um, on Wednesday nights, we've been doing um, our Bible study and going through Holy Spirit as well. So we've been trying to share a lot about Holy Spirit, who He is, uh, that He is a person, not a feeling or an emotion, not a power, not something that just kind of flows and enters a room, not a wind, not a tree um, with fruit, um, but just the person of Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I don't want to kind of go over any of that today. I want to try um, asking the Holy Spirit maybe to help me to practically help us to journey a little bit in, in, in walking in the Spirit and living in the power of God. And uh, in, I'm also reading a, a book, as Ben was sharing, I think it's the same book, but we, it's a financial prosperity book. Um, and uh, one of the things it says there is financial prosperity has m- as much to do with even more the way we spend money than the way we make it. Uh, no matter what we receive, learning to properly manage it or steward it is vital uh, to experiencing the fullness of what we receive. And uh, so I want to, it's, it's a matter of the heart. I keep saying that. I believe that God's been in this lockdown, just dealing with matters of the heart. Uh, the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Uh, the reason why I'm using a financial illustration is because finances actually help us understand where our heart's at, and uh, matters of the heart w- related to Holy Spirit. And so in talking about Holy Spirit, we need to understand matters of the, of the heart. And when we get born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, and then God says that He will never leave us nor forsake us. So we know that the Holy Spirit never leaves us. We also know that when we're born again, there's also another experience or encounter that we have in being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing encounter of Holy Spirit coming. Not only taking a drink of Holy Spirit, getting born again, but now diving into uh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit overwhelming us, coming upon us. Um, and these are two of the most momentous, beautiful times in our lives. The challenge, church, that we have is, is for many believers, they experience uh, God in the re- getting reborn, they experience baptism in the Holy Spirit. As time goes by, as years go by, they don't seem to walk in the power of God. They don't seem to walk in or experience the fullness of what the Bible says we can walk in and should walk in. So my heart today is to just try and help us a little bit with that. Um, I want to encourage us and just challenge us and be get right down to the basic roots of everything, which is just simply... Um, it's no good just reading a whole bunch of stuff in the Bible and knowing it, um, but not being able to live in it, um, or just being, telling people about it. Um, the confessions that we make, uh, the promises that have been given to us, if we're not experiencing or living in it, we have to go back and just be honest with ourselves and say, Lord, teach me, show me, because these are the days that God wants us to walk in and live in His Spirit and in its power. So, let me just uh, try and unfold something of this a little bit this morning, and then hopefully um, um, as we go on in the weeks to come, there'll be more revelation as others also minister and preach on this topic. Um, in order for me to do this, I have to go back very quickly and try not to spend too much time on it, but I have to go back to an understanding I preached a while back um, with who we are. Um, because to understand Holy Spirit, we have to understand also who we are. So first and foremost... Um, if we can all just say this 
after me, I am a spirit. And I have a soul. And I live in a body. I am not a soul. I am not a body. I am a spirit. But I have a soul. I don't have a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. By the way, a borrowed body. Because this body was formed and made from the dust. And to the dust it will return. But when we finish our race, when the resurrection day comes, when Jesus returns, we will be given a new body. But I am a spirit, and I have to understand that, and I have been given a soul. My spirit and my soul and my body, three different parts to me, but one being. Um, my soul is basically my personality. It's my consciousness of who I am is my soul. Uh, I think this is a very inadequate illustration, but it's the best I could do um, as I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, I was thinking about a, a coloring in book. We've got to become like a child. And I was just thinking about the pictures and the forms that are on the pages and how then we color in those. Sometimes we color in the lines, sometimes we color out the lines. But it's almost like our spirit is the form and um, our soul is the coloring in. Brings a personality to that. It reminds me so much of um, uh, in the very beginning uh, when the earth was formless and void. And then God spoke. And as He spoke, the Holy Spirit was hovering and He brought form. And then where it was void, He brought color. He brought personality to the earth. He added uh, uh, animals and people and all this beautiful that we see. It's like our lives. Our spirit is, is spirit. It's, it's the form, but our personality is, is who we are. And uh, what happened um, is that when God created us, He created us where the spirit man was in control. The spirit man was the boss, and the soul uh, surrendered and yielded to the spirit man, and the body then came into line to the soul. Um, but when we see that picture with Adam and Eve in the garden, it, it's, uh, uh, Satan knew exactly that we were made in God's image. He knew that we were a triune being. So he went after the soul and the body because it says there that he said um, it, the, the, it was the, the fruit on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was, it was good. They saw that it was good. It was pleasant to the eyes and it was desirous for wisdom, wisdom, the soul. And, and pleasant. And as soon as Adam and Eve ate from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as soon as they uh, disobeyed and did not follow the will of God, they surrendered themselves under and to the body. What happens in, the, in, in um, our understanding of creation is that God breathed life into man he breathed into man. He breathed himself. He created the spirit of man inside him. And the will of God relates to the spirit of man. In order for us to, to live, to experience, and to walk in the will of God, we have to yield to the spirit of God. The minute we, uh, we, we Adam and Eve partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they 
rejected the will of God and they no longer now could receive or walk in the will of God. And what actually happened there is the, the spirit now came out of line of what its destined purpose and plan was. The spirit was the one who was in authority and boss. The minute now that the soul went in subjection to, the, uh, to serve the, the body, um, our spirit man began to die. In fact, it just became dormant and it, and it died. And the soul now and the, and, the, and the body began to operate together. What happens is the soul actually released authority to the body. The Bible says uh, in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it talks about the natural man. This is what happened. Now we became just the natural man. And the natural man cannot receive the things of God. The natural man cannot even understand the things of God. So what can happen, church, is that the body can read the Bible and get nothing. The body can pray and get nothing. The body can worship and it's unacceptable to God. The body can work and it can be rejected by God. Much of what the church does, much of what many Christians do is in the flesh. And the Bible says that no flesh can glory in the presence of God. In John 4, 23, one of my favorite scriptures, it says that the Father is looking for worshipers that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Why am I sharing this? Well, if you, if you have time in your studies, go to Ezekiel 36 and verse 26 and 27. It talks about how God says there He will put in man a new heart and He'll put in man a new spirit. Now, He's talking about a new spirit, the spirit of man, because in the next verse, verse 27, and He says, and He'll put His spirit, Holy Spirit will come into our spirit. This is the born-again experience and Holy Spirit coming into our lives. The Holy Spirit comes into our spirit and our spirit becomes the habitation of Holy Spirit. We must understand this. This is vital to understand how Holy Spirit operates and works in our lives. The, the, the spirit of man becomes the habitation of Holy Spirit. The body of man is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The temple is important, but it's only imp important because inside the temple is the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies is the spirit of man. And the holy place is the soul of man. So in the Bible, there's nothing here that's just by accident. When God created and designed the temple, He designed the temple with an outer court, and then He designed it with a holy place and the holy of holies. And the presence of God dwelt in the Holy of Holies. And our spirit is where the presence of God or Holy Spirit dwells. You see, the Bible says that man looks on the outward. The world sees the temple, but God sees the heart. He sees the Holy of Holies. That's what God is communing and looking at all the time. So when we get born again, 
then the spirit of man takes his rightful place again of authority. When we get born again, the spirit of man, when he takes his rightful place, the soul of man comes back into its rightful place in subjection and submission to Holy Spirit, and they become one. And they begin to operate and cooperate and begin to work together. The spirit and soul working, the, the soul now begins to commune with God, and the soul now begins to take the image of God. When we, the Bible says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, who is he talking about? Who's the I? I am a spirit. My spirit is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every single confession in the Bible about who we are is your spirit. Your spirit is perfect. Your spirit, friends, is reborn into the image and the identity of Christ. Your soul is renewed. Your spirit is reborn. Your soul is renewed. Stay with me. I'm, 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 I'm going somewhere. So when our soul is renewed, our soul now is on a journey of being renewed. That's why it's a daily process of our soul being renewed. Our body is totally separate and disconnected from this process now that God is doing. Um, there's not really any change that's happening in the body other than it's getting older. How many know that our body, made from this dust, is getting older and older and and. How many know that when I, when I die, if I had a heart attack right now and I died, my body would fall on the ground, um, all these good-looking features and, um, and these beautiful clothes and everything, whatever, it would all fall to the ground, and um, my, my spirit and soul would step out of it and go to heaven. And then on that beautiful resurrection day, God would give me back my true body, my true body of who I really am, and it's actually made of light, not the dust. And it's perfect and it's beautiful. Um, 1 John, I think it's 3 verse 2, it says, When He comes and returns, then we will see Him and be like Him. And Jesus, our Savior, when He returns. I remember uh, um, listening to this, um, Benny Hinn was sharing and saying that um, when Jesus died and rose again, went to heaven, he was 33 years old. So he reckons that um, we're all going to be 33. Um, so whatever you look like at 33, woohoo! Or I'm going for 21, but um, well, let's say at 33, but, but we will be in this new beautiful body which will be perfect, which will no longer be subject to sin. It will not have the capacity and the capability to sin where our, our, our existing body uh, was always wanting to sin every single day of our lives. So, what I want us to understand is that when the Bible talks in Galatians 5, it's talking about the spirit and the flesh at war. And our soul is the, is the decision-making area. It decides and yields to who it obeys. So, we have this journey in God of where our spirit man has been born again, is completely perfect, new, beautiful, uh, righteous, and, um, and now our soul is being renewed under subjection to the Spirit of God uh, and the Spirit of man um, as they 
are operating and as one, and uh, we are yielded to that, and we are allowing the Word of God to come and to operate through our lives. But this body is, is, has, hasn't died yet, and it's still trying to woo the soul and to, to go uh, with it. Um, some scriptures, if you, if you, if you um, want just to help us a little bit here, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I think it's verse 17. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Let me, let me read some word. It's always good to make the, the preach legal by reading some word. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, just verse 17, it says this, But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. He who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Do we understand this morning? He who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit. It isn't two spirits. It's one spirit. So Holy Spirit and our spirit become one. They are now one inside of us, which is so radical and so powerful. I'm now one with the Holy Spirit inside of me. It's, a, it's, it's something we, 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 it's hard to understand. But um, So the Holy Spirit is now dwelling inside of my spirit. Romans 8 verse 16, Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And now what happens is we encounter the Word of God. The Word of God is now impacting our soul area and transforming. And there's a process that's happening in our soul area to bring it into alignment with who we are in the Spirit and, and, and our oneness with Holy Spirit inside of us. The soul, as it's in process, as it's working, friends, is also susceptible to the attack of the enemy. So the soul comes under attack of the enemy, and, uh, and, and there's a war going on for its, it's the decisions that our soul is making. Um, our soul areas where we can get attacked by the devil, get oppressed, um, and I, I believe with all my heart that this is the arena where the, the enemy can uh, take control over uh, people's lives. Uh, and manipulate and, and, and control. It's, in, it's actually in the soul area. And I want to say something now. Just I want you to kind of uh, listen carefully because I don't want to bring any confusion, but I want to say this. Um, when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and fills my soul. And He fills my soul, which overflows into my body. We already have Holy Spirit in our spirit. Our spirit has become one with Him. When we get baptized, we get baptized in our soul area. He fills me. And, the, and my soul becomes now under the control of Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit now is beginning to work and speak and commune in my soul. And then in Acts chapter 5, verse 32, uh, it talks about that He gave the Holy Spirit to those who are obedient. So there's an obedience here to the Holy Spirit that we need to understand and look at um, where we yield and how He begins to operate in our lives. So why don't we operate in the presence and power of God like we should? Friends, the reason why we don't is because in order for the Holy Spirit to work with authority and in power, He needs total surrender of the soul and the body. So there's a process that begins to take place as we're reading the Word that causes a surrender to the soul and to 
the body. And I want to read um, just uh, Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 out of the um, Passion Translation because I just find it so powerful. Um, but this is literally what our journey is and what, what, how we walk and how we live in what I've just been saying. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be His sacred living sacrifices. There's a surrender and a yielding here of our body. He's appealing to us here that there is a yieldedness that needs to happen with our body. And then he goes on to say this, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. I really believe that the church is stepping into a time where there will be amazing and beautiful and true worship that will fill the temple of God. And that worship is a surrender and a yieldedness to every part of our body, every part of our soul, to Him in expression in everything that we do. Verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around us. Stop it. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around us. Friends, we are not trying to bring some kind of reformation into the opinions and the culture that's around us. There's a lot going on right now. A lot of churches writing letters and saying a lot of stuff, trying to bring some kind of um, opinion or reference into this culture. Friends, we're about bringing people into a whole new culture. It's the culture of heaven. So stop the Bible says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around us, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. There is a reformation that will transform us. The reformation is how you think. The battle, friends, is in the soul area, the mind, the will, the emotions, the intellect, friends. One of the things that I was sharing with my wife recently, I was just saying in the last probably 60 years, we have seen such an influx of information and knowledge. Man has got so wise. There's so much stuff going on. The problem is, friends, the more we understand and know God, the less we know and the more humble we become. The more we find out and get information, eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, friends, the more puffed up we get, the more arrogant we get, the more we think we know. So the Bible is telling me here that we need to have a change in our mind, in our thinking. There's a beautiful scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I think it's around verse 4 and 5, talks about um, pulling down uh, arguments vain imaginations and opinions that raise themselves above the knowledge of God. Friends, what he's telling us here is that the battle is in the mind. The battle is going on in your soul area. There's a battle waging in your soul area. And Holy Spirit wants to pull those things down, elevate the thoughts and the truth of who God is so that you can worship Him in spirit and in truth. That your soul and spirit become one. Um, 
This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Don't you love that? This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. You see, friends, when God restored back the rightful authority with our spirit, man, being in control, friends, then His will came back into our lives. And as His will is now back in our lives, the way that we can walk in that is bringing this whole mind, changing the thinking, bringing the transformation in our soul area so we can discern what the will of God is. Let me move on quickly. Okay, so how do we do this? What do we do? What do we do? Well, for me, the key thing in, 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 in how we do all this is I find in the Bible waiting. Wait on the Lord. Waiting is a very powerful thing, and I want to try and um, share a little bit uh, about that. I want to, I want to kind of uh, unpack this a little bit. Um, maybe before I jump into that, let me just go to 1 Corinthians. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Another little scripture, just to help us a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let me just read verse 27. Um, it says, well, verse 24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They, they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we have an imperishable wreath. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. That's a powerful scripture, but quite a scary scripture. Um, we understand that the body, friends, was king. He was in control. He was in charge. And now, friends, he's not giving up that very lightly. So he's going to now try his every little bit to attack our soul, to make our soul rather bow to him. So Paul's saying we need to take authority over our bodies. Our bodies are going to be attacking us and trying to tell us a whole bunch of stuff that will take us away from the plan and the purposes of God. And the Holy Spirit will not be able to then operate. And so we have to submit uh, to the spirit of man, not to our body. So Paul's telling us here that we need to bring our body under subjection to Holy Spirit. Um, because if I can say it like this, righteousness is in our spirit and sin is in the flesh. And the soul decides which one to feed on. So we have to make sure the soul feeds on righteousness rather than feeding on the things of the flesh. The Bible says it another way, Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, whoever, what, if you yield to the flesh, from the flesh you will reap corruption. If you yield to the Spirit, from the Spirit you will reap life, eternal life and righteousness. The Spirit and the body is fighting for the attention of the soul. So I, I want to go to um, Isaiah 40, 31, because we're talking about and I want to quickly just touch on this, and then uh, this is one I want to unpack a little bit more today. Um, how am I doing for time? Excellent, excellent. Um, uh, Isaiah 40, you should all know this one, Isaiah 40, 31. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
Isaiah 40. It's in my Bible somewhere. Uh, Isaiah 40, yes. Now we just need to find verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. What is being renewed with strength? I am being renewed with strength. I am a spirit. My spirit is being renewed with strength. Amen. The strength of the spirit man is renewed. They who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. Who's mounting up with wings like eagles? My spirit man is mounting up on wings like eagles. I'll explain this now, but I want us to just understand this. And we will run and not be weary, my spirit man, and we will walk and not faint, my spirit man. Those that wait upon the Lord, there is a supernatural rejuvenation that takes place as we wait on the Lord. It's very interesting in the Bible that Jesus breathed on them. They were born again, and then He told them to wait. They didn't just immediately get baptized in the Holy Spirit. There was a waiting there. That's another topic where we can unpack a little bit. But there is a waiting process, friends. It's amazing that Jesus appeared to over 500 people. There's only 120 in the upper room. It's something that happens in the waiting. And uh, I, w- I wanted to just touch a, a couple of scriptures uh, on top of um, Isaiah 40 just very quickly. Let me, um, let me go, go to the Psalms. I'll try and do um, a, few, a few scriptures here very quickly. If you go to Psalms 25, let's just go to Psalms 25, uh, reading from verse 5. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Isn't that beautiful? Psalm 27, verse 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Jumping quickly to to Psalm 37. Uh, Let me just read verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in His way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. And then jump just to uh, Psalm uh, 62. Psalm 62 verse 1. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. For God alone my soul waits in silence. And... um, 130 verse 5. It's interesting there, there, there that his soul waits. He's saying his soul waits as well. 130. Let me just quickly read uh, verse 5. My soul. Verse 6. Verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his hope, in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord. More than watchman for the morning. More than watchman. For the morning. Actually repeats it twice there. I wait for the Lord and my soul waits for the Lord. So there's a waiting here by of the spirit man and of the soul of the of the soul waiting for the Lord. See, God is not interested in strengthening the body. The Bible says 
You crucify the body. God is interested in strengthening your inner man. Ephesians 3 verse 16, it talks about strengthening you in your inner man. There's a strengthening in the inner man that God's wanting to do. So why is this waiting important? This waiting is important because it empties the soul of itself. And it draws strength away from the body. So when we wait, we empty the soul of itself and we take strength away from the body. Very, very important. We, there's, there's a beautiful understanding here about the soul and the spirit man and how cooperating and operating together, bringing the body in subjection, causes the Holy Spirit to rule and reign and move with power through our whole being. And when He begins to move with power through our whole being, we begin to live and move and have our being. You see, that's a promise again. We live and move and have our being in, in Jesus. But the reality is, friends, when we are led by our bodies, we don't. But when we yield to Holy Spirit and allow Holy Spirit to rule and reign, then we can live and move and have our being. And I also wanted to just say this very quickly, is um, our body speaks English. And our spirit speaks tongues. Our body speaks English and our spirit speaks tongues. When we yield to the spirit, when we yield, when we, when we bring our soul into subjection, then the spirit now can speak through our soul. Who speaks in tongues? Our soul speaks in tongues from our spirit. Are we catching this? Before the newborn experience, friends, our spirit man was silent. Our spirit man was completely silent. Why? Because our spirit man was created and God breathed into us. He breathed Himself into us. We were created by God. We now communed with God. He was our Father. He was our friend. That's what we communed with. So the Spirit of God was communing with God. Then when the Spirit of God died, our spirit became silent. The only voices in our lives was our body and our soul. It's the only voice. When we get born again, our spirit is made alive, and our spirit's language is tongues. It's a heavenly language. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about a language that you cannot understand. It's a language that speaks mysteries. It's a language that speaks to God. And it speaks through our soul area in our, in our lives. I love that Hebrew word, ruach, the, the breath of God. It doesn't go ruach. I don't, this is a small rabbit trail, but I, 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 I'll, I'll, let me just quickly share this and say this. The, 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 the devil has never had control of the spirit of man. Never. Because the spirit of man was breathed in to man by God. It belongs to God. It's God's. When the spirit of man rejected God uh, and it came dormant and died, friends, it's dead. The spirit of man is dead. The, 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 the demonic cannot take control of the spirit of man. We need to understand that. Friends, one day when we stand before believers and unbelievers, God will take control. Uh, 
responsibility and authority over those that have joined with him and those that haven't joined with him. So what happens when we get demon-possessed? When we get demon-possessed is he comes and usurps. He comes and he, 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 he substitutes. He, he, he comes in, in, into the human body. He doesn't take control over the human spirit. Oh, that's just a, um, a side thing. Um, but I, what I wanted to share is the, the, the soul area um, is the personality of man, the decision-making process, and the spirit is the authority of man. And then the soul decides about who he's yielding to. So our process in waiting for the Lord now is to allow our lives to be surrendered and yielded totally to the will, the plans, the purposes of God. And as we do that, God is able to operate and to move in our, in our uh, lives with authority and power. So, having said all of that, what I want to do is quickly go back and land this morning with this process that we saw in the Bible. Um, and it's not a formula, it's just an understanding uh, um, about the design of the temple. So here we have the temple. We have a, a, a process whereby um, we enter His gates. There's a gates, gates to the temple. I'll go through this very quickly. He goes through the gates. Uh, there, we enter with um, thanksgiving. We enter His courts with praise, right? So as we come through, we come, with, come through with singing. Here's where a lot of people, a lot of people even that attend church, this is where they stop. They will come into the process was singing and praise, but that's as far as they go, and it's still in the outer court, and there's no presence of the Lord there. So we can get a lot of singing, a lot of waving of hands and everything in church life, friends, but there doesn't have to be any presence of the Lord. Then when you come through the gates, friends, the first thing that you will see is the, is the um, sacrifice, the altar of sacrifice, and the laver, um, which is the washing where the priest used to wash uh, and the altar of sacrifice is where they sacrificed. Again, also, friends, in that arena, there's still no presence of the Lord. So what happens in our journey as we go along in life? Understanding everything that I've said now, please, under, having taken that, now let's understand what our process is daily with the Lord. Our process is daily with the Lord is to come to Him and to wait. Every single one of us starts in the flesh. So as you come... Uh, uh, to the altar of sacrifice and to the labor, friends, we start in that place. In that place, friends, is where we come, and it is the asking place. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, you can read there, the Lord says, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open. There is a asking place, there is a seeking place, and there is a knocking place. But in the asking place, friends, as we come into that arena, what is that arena? That's arena where we come, we say, Oh, Lord, we love you. There's a lot of repetition. There's a lot of um, requests being made to the Lord. There's nothing wrong with it. It's the start. We start in the flesh, friends. There's a whole lot of, um, we lay our lives down. We say, God, just forgive me, uh, or I just want to yield this to you, and I'm really sorry. And, 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 and in that place, friends, there is a, 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 a fight that goes on in our bodies. Because in that place, as we start to pray and yield to God, um, what happens is, friends, is the, uh, uh, there's a bombardment of our thoughts. 
We're thinking about, I need to uh, answer that email, and I need to do this, and I need to sort that out in my life, and, 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 oh, and then I'm, I'm hungry. Maybe I should go and get something to eat because I'm feeling a little bit peckish. Friends, what we do is, we in that place, friends, if we stay in that place, we have not communed with God yet. And for a lot of people that just come there and they just have a quick little time with the Lord and they go, now I just want to ask you, Lord, you know, bless me, pray, uh, help me, help me get favor in my job and do this, do that, whatever. And we say, thank you, Lord, and we leave. But the Bible says we need to wait. Wait. So we start there, and there's nothing wrong with that. We, give, we lift our petitions to the Lord, all of that. But we need to wait, friends. That's why I'm not a fan of, of this new lovely where, hey, I just pray in my cars. I'm driving to work and just go, hey, how's it, Lord? And, and friends, this is an opportunity and a time, friends, where we need to yield our lives, surrender our lives. This takes time. So I think the best time is in the evening because there's, it's, it's, there's more length of time. You can, in the morning, it's quite hurried. And, and things happen um, quite fast in the mornings. But if you're a morning person, wake up early and, uh, and you can just spend time with the Lord. But here in that place, friends, you have to wait on the Lord. You finish, you come to the end of yourself. You finish all your repetition. You finish all your words. You finish all the things that you want to say. And you begin to wait. And waiting is simply waiting, friends. Waiting is like you sit at the doctor and you wait for the doctor to call you. So we sit and we wait for God to woo us, God to call us. And then when He comes, friends, and He comes and He begins to woo us and to call us, we go out of that place of asking into that place of seeking. The attention goes away from us and starts to focus on God. And as we begin to focus on God, friends, we, we go into the holy place. And in the holy place, on your left-hand side is the, is the candlestick, um, golden lampstand, the, on the right-hand side is the table of showbread. In front of you is the altar of incense. Um, when you're in that presence, friends, there's an illumination that begins to happen. God begins to bring an illumination, friends. We begin to eat from Jesus. We begin to partake of Him. We begin to taste and see that the Lord is good. And, uh, friends, and, our, and our, our, our worship and our praise now goes forth like the prayers of the saints. There's a fragrance that begins to come out. We, we, are, we are surrendering our lives. We're yielding our lives. Our soul is beginning to be encountered. Jesus is wooing us. Jesus is leading us. Jesus is the door. It's funny that, that the doorway into the holy uh, place is actually called the door. Um, and Jesus, the Bible says, is the door. And He leads us, friends. And in that place, friends, there's a surrendering, there's a yielding, there's a Holy Spirit encounter. Friends, and we still haven't communed with God. There's a monologue going on. And, uh, and from that place, we are led into the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, friends, that's where the presence of the Lord is. And when you come into the presence of the Lord, when the presence of the Lord now encounters your life, friends, that's when all the speaking stops. That's when there's a communing that goes on. That's when Psalm 42 verse 7 happens. Deep calls to deep. In that process, friends, it's His waves, they, like bellows washing over me. In that intimacy place, friends, He begins to speak. He begins to commune with us. Our lives are yielded. Our lives begin to be transformed in that place. It's a beautiful place of intimacy. It's a place of relationship. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, it says this. It says, May the love of the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship 
That's the place of fellowship, friends. Fellowship, which is the word cornonia. It means where we commune with Holy Spirit, where we, we partner with Holy Spirit. It's there where the presence of the Lord encounters us. It's there where the presence of the Lord transforms our lives. So my encouragement to you today in understanding all of this is understanding who you are, understanding that there's a battle going on uh, for your soul area, which is your decision-making process where you would yield to one or the other, yield to the Spirit, sow to the Spirit for righteousness or sow to the flesh, friends. But as we yield to that, as the Holy Spirit begins to transform and change, as our soul is being renewed, remember that your spirit man is saved. Your soul is being saved, and your body will be saved. Your spirit man is sanctified. Your soul is being sanctified, and your body will be sanctified. Your body one day will be taken care of. There's a a process here happening between the soul of man and the spirit of man, friends. And the reason why a lot of believers, ba- believers battle is because they never allow the spirit of God to come and transform them in their inner being. They never allow the, the, the spirit of God to encounter their lives. They just come into the outer court. They just come and they just pray and they just give everything to, to the Lord and say, yes, thank you. And, and God's grace is there. But if you want a transformed life, if you want Holy Spirit to fill and consume your whole life, and you want to walk in the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit, you have to get to that place where you yield and surrender constantly. The Lord's prayers give us this day our daily bread. He becomes our daily bread. This is a daily encounter, a daily journey with God. And can I say this? That as the more you spend time in His presence, the more you spend time with Him, yielded to Him, the quicker the process goes from the outer court to the inner court to the to the holy uh, place and into the holy of holies. What happens is when we neglect God, we don't spend time in prayer, it takes longer and longer in that first process where we have to wait on the Lord. Because that waiting on the Lord, friends, like I said, it's, uh, it's um, draining our soul of all its strength. It's, it's, it's draining our body. It's, 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 it's causing God to uh, take control again and, 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 to, and to operate and to work. There's a beautiful uh, scripture that just jumps in my mind now, Mark chapter 9, where uh, Jesus uh, dealing with that deaf mute spirit, and the, and, the, and, the, and the disciples can't cast it out, and then Jesus casts it out, and they come quietly and they say, um, you know, why couldn't we cast it out? And he said, this kind comes out by prayer and fasting, and, and uh, you know, there's been all different things on that. Um, and of course, it's not some big powerful spirit. What, what Jesus is really saying there with prayer and fasting is that there are two things that happen in this world. One is our connection with God, and two is our disconnection from the world. The reality is, friends, is that over time we can get disconnected from God because Jesus said this, Oh, you faithless and perverse generation. Faithless because they were getting disconnected from God and perverse generation because they were getting more connected to the world's thinking and the world's way of operating. So what Jesus is telling us here is we need to get more connected to God and more disconnected from the world. And the way we do that is through this process 
friends, of yielding and waiting upon the Lord so that He can minister to us, so that we can move into that beautiful communion with Him. This doesn't just happen. It's not automatic, friends. It takes a waiting. We have to buffet this body. This body wants to pull us. That's why I said in that first outer court, the body is saying, oh, I want something. I'm hungry. And, oh, don't forget, you need to answer that email. Or don't forget, or let me just quickly go and look at my phone. See if there are any messages there. Friends, when you come back, you start again. Because in that presence, God is wooing us. God is journeying with us. And the more He's journeying with us and we're yielding, the more my soul is being renewed. Now Romans 12, 1 and 2 becomes a reality. Now, friends, we have this beautiful uh, um, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 31, where it's those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. There's a renewing. We will mount up on wings as eagles. Friends, what happens is the winds, an eagle stands there and waits for the right winds. And then the winds of God, the Spirit of God mounts us up, takes us up, friends, where we can go to places and heights we've never seen before. Our vision becomes clear. Our vision becomes uh, uh, beautiful. And, and we, we run and not be weary. We have to catch up to the Lord. We run. God gives us a supernatural strength to catch up with Him, friends. And as we catch up with Him, we can walk now. Walking is actually about fellowshipping with Him. Walk and not faint because God is always on the move and He's walking and we don't faint because now we're walking with our Lord. There's a beautiful picture there of this journey of, 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 of operating in the Lord. Because, friends, what happens is, is when we walk with the Lord and we're going along with the Lord and it's so beautiful and God says, okay, let's just let's tarry here. And, friends, we tarry there and then we get used to it and we go, that's all very nice. And then God begins to walk again and we forget. And we, we're just standing there, and we, we, we suddenly, we're behind, we're lagging in God. It's like the, the children of Israel, when um, they were led by the cloud in, in the desert and through the wilderness, as they were led by the cloud, those that were left behind, those that were hanging at the back, were killed by Amalek. Amalek, friends, is your flesh. It's pride. It's arrogance. Those that were lagging behind were just were taken out. Friends, you have to stay with the cloud. The reality is, friends, as we spend time with Him daily, communing with God, spending time with Him, friends, we stay in His presence. We stay in that authority and that power that comes from the Spirit of God. And as we stay in that authority and that power, friends, we can begin to move in all that He wants to do for us and through us and in us. I want to end with this. I don't know why. It just jumps in my heart. But do we have an understanding, friends, that when we got born again, Jesus came to live inside of us? That is just radical. We can stop there and go, wow. But I want to go further than that. And I want to say this. In John chapter 17, it doesn't just say that Jesus came to live inside of us. It says that we came to live inside of Him. When Jesus came to live inside of me, I got saved. When I come to live inside of Him, I get glorified. Friends, God's given us this incredible opportunity to be in Christ, to be glorified, that I can walk in the authority and the power of God, that when I speak, things change. When I speak, things move. When I speak, Things are created. What a privilege. What an honor. Friends, why should we settle for anything less than that which Jesus paid for? Friends, Jesus is not just sitting at the right hand of God. The Son of Man is sitting at the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf. It is to your benefit that I sent the Holy Spirit so that you can operate in the power and the authority of God so that we can live in this life, friends, just as He did.
May this encourage you to never settle for anything less. May this encourage you to believe the Word of God and to live in the Word of God. I don't know if it's possible. Can we just end with that hallelujah? I don't even know if we've run out of time. Are we still? Are we? Are we? I, I, this song just gets me. I, 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 I love this song. So I, I'm, we probably have everybody here crying and we won't know uh, 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 how, how to operate or, or to end anything. But I just want to end with this because I want you to just posture your heart right now. I don't want anything that I've said that's not of God or that I, I, I want the Holy Spirit to come and to bring form and to bring color to that which I've been saying into your life. We love you, Jesus. So we come before you right now, we posture our hearts, and we say, Lord, forgive us where we have not understood. Maybe that we are spirit beings, that we have a soul, and that we live in a body, and that our body is, was king, and it was in control, and it doesn't like not being in control. And there's a war going on between the spirit and the flesh. And our soul is the decision maker and deciding. And the more we feed our soul, the more we change our thinking, the more we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, we, our soul comes into line uh, with the authority of the spirit man, and Holy Spirit can now operate and move in our soul. And we can constantly be filled by the spirit. It's be filled, constantly filled by the Spirit. And as we're constantly filled by the Spirit, we can begin to operate in the power of the Spirit of God to be the witnesses that God's called us to be. So, Lord, we just posture our hearts right now. And as we begin to sing this song, hallelujah, we are, we're an honor to you, Jesus. We are wanting to acknowledge you. That It's because of you in our lives that you reign that we can have a reborn spirit and your presence through the Holy Spirit can come into our lives and fill us. Thank you, Jesus.